Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your host, Tanya. How are you? Thank you so much for coming back with us. Happy New Year to everybody. And we hope going forward for the new year that everybody's prosperous, happy, happy, and healthy. Very, very important. Uh, so um, tonight's guest uh, is uh, uh, a stand-up comedian uh, who has been seen at Dangerfields, the Broadway Comedy Club, Greenwich Village Comedy Club, and Comic Strip Live New York City. Um, more recently, uh, he has been doing Zoom like everybody else during the times of quarantine, and he has appeared in a lot of virtual shows. Uh, plus, he's shared with us his personal experiences on the battle with COVID uh, as a long hauler. Please welcome comedian Bruce Lipsky. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tanya. I do appreciate being here. Thanks for giving you? me the opportunity. Yeah. Oh, oh, no problem. Anytime. You know I love you guys, Bruce. All of us comics got to stick together in the pandemic, you know? That's uh, right. right. So how have you been? Good, good, good. Considering everything, uh, obviously you brought up the long hauling situation. I got COVID uh, back in March of 2020, mm -hmm. and I've been dealing with these symptoms since then, essentially. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, these up and down spikes, whether it's headache, lightheaded, nauseousness, uh, um, um, tracheoconstriction, chills. I mean, you can give the whole gamut of different things. So. Mm -hmm. But the good thing is, thankfully, I have always had my energy because I knew a lot of people who've had COVID and they've been wiped out completely. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so that's uh, how's the comedy been going with that? Actually, you know, it's ironic. COVID has helped comedy in some ways because it's allowed people to be in Zoom in Zoom shows all around the world. You know, I can be at seven o'clock in the morning. I can be in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. You know, nine o'clock. I can be in you know Bangladesh, and then that later on I can be in Hong Kong and Los Angeles. So on that note, I met I met so many people you know, over the year and a half or so, give or take a little bit on the Zoom comedy. But obviously, Zoom comedy is not is not live comedy. We all know that. Right. You're a veteran of the stage. You know, when you get out live, it's a totally different ball game. Excellent. You know, even just performing on a Zoom show, you know, when you have a joke, you have to learn to perform, especially on Zoom, because there's always that couple of second lag between yes. your punchline and hopefully the audience's responses. Mm -hmm. You know, so... Um, and I tend to talk fast to begin with, so it was a big challenge for me, you know, to, to not step on my punchlines. Right. But it, it's been great. I've met a lot of people. I've gotten onto a lot of shows. I never would have met you. Yeah, that's honestly. right. You know, that's right. I'm blessed that way. Yes. Yeah, see, I like the Zoom comedy too. Uh, I mean, of course, everybody likes live better. Right? That's hands down. Um, but it was not um, not hard for me because I'm an animated person anyway, and um, I I I'll connect with you no matter how. I'm like AT and T or. I can right. reach you in any corner, uh, and I'm about to kill myself. Uh, yeah. That was my Mac. Should I duck? Nope, that was my Mac laptop that fell. Thank you very much. Okay. Doom, 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 doom. Uh, but uh, um, yeah, I kind of like um, Zoom now. Um, at first, it was like weird, awkward, but I was used to doing it because I was teaching around the world um, for for something with foster youth. Uh, so it didn't. Um, it was kind of like a precursor, and I didn't even know it. You know, mm -hmm. I was doing all the Zoom classes to like 100 kids, 50 kids, whatever, whatever they gave me. So I'm it, it was when the pandemic hit and they that became a thing. I was like, oh, I do this already anyway. Right. I, yeah, right. Because I've, I've been out of the corporate world a long time. You know, I, I worked for, for a Fortune 500 company for 25 years. Uh, uh, that was 16 years ago. Uh, uh, on my 25th anniversary, I, I walked into a senior management meeting thinking I'm going to get my grandfather clock. Mm -hmm. And instead, they eliminated my whole division, and I got my clock clean, basically. You know, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. So that was 16 years ago. So I got to retire. I had 25 years of service, and I mm -hmm. just turned 50. 
So oh. I actually was able to retire. Um, really? And yeah. Then, then I worked well, somewhere well, else. I thought you retired early that that you lose out or something. I oh. thought they said you wait. You got to wait an extra two years or something. Well, That's here's the whole yeah. Here's the whole scenario. They go by points. Fifty age fifty, twenty five years of service. That's the seventy five points. Is the magic number. Mm -hmm. So I can walk out as a retiree, but that really doesn't mean anything, you know, because mm -hmm. there's really no big retiree benefits at that point. They bought me out, which is a good thing. Then I worked wow. three years somewhere else. And then I was seriously injured in an auto accident. You know, I had wow. a bad spinal injury. Oh. So that was that was 2009. I had this bad spinal injury. So a lot of times people ask, Bruce, how did you get into stand-up comedy? Mm -hmm. The fact that I can stand up, I got into stand up. You know, <laughs> that's what I always say. I, about three years ago, I got into stand up, but I, I, I went through many, many years of aggressive rehab, and I still do my own rehab every day. You know, I walk with a cane, it doesn't stop me. I'm still very active, but I'm blessed with the fact that I'm here talking to you because it was this close to not being here. So, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. that's why you have such a great disposition. That's probably why um, I noticed that about you. Um, mm -hmm. so, so COVID, um, I had heard with COVID though, too, that for long haulers that it, that, uh, this is what one girl said that when she got the booster, that it actually helped her with the long, her long haul symptoms. Is that true for you or not the same thing? No, no, no. I, unfortunately, when I got the first vaccination, not, I didn't have any other effects of it. The second vaccination knocked me for a loop for three days. I thought I was getting COVID again. Okay. I recently had my booster shot about two weeks ago and for two or three days I was out of it also. Okay. And now I'm back to my normal COVID symptoms, you know, whatever you want to well, call that's it. Well, um, that's just, uh, I'm sorry to hear that because I was really, um, you know, saying, okay, well, maybe this is a good thing because the girl was really convincing people that if you do this booster, that that should help you with the long haul. Maybe she just meant her case. And maybe It's it all an individualized case. Right. For example, exactly. My son, we think, was the first person to get COVID in the family. Oh. And he's 26 years old. Mm -hmm. His symptoms are totally different than mine. Okay. He has uh, some breathing issues and insom terrible insomnia. And if you look uh -huh. up the list of COVID yes. symptoms, those, those are the two up there. I don't have that. I have a family member that has that, yeah. And they and, they didn't even have it didn't even seem they went through it like in three days they were better it was like right, what right right but, right but they still have uh, breathing stuff in right it. and my son is an athlete which makes it harder for him um, but you know it's but it's, he has it hasn't stopped him he's a competitive football player flag football player and also a handball player among other things okay. and uh, but it hasn't stopped him but it certainly affected him. Just mm. like it hasn't stopped me again one of the things with COVID you're probably well aware when yeah. we first got it. Basically, watch you to crawl up into a ball and basically give up. And right. I wasn't going to do that. And I kind of had to force myself to get out of bed and right. just start walking and walking and walking. One of the good things is I've always been an avid exerciser. So uh, so that was always built into my routine. And maybe that helped me out a lot. I don't know. Right. You know, and, and there's probably, a lot of factors. Yeah. Probably and, so. And I, I, I mean, I'm looking and asking my friends too, um, different things to see how we can do our own thing and, and help, you know, get better if we do get it. Um, but one of the things I definitely think cannot hurt is proper nutrition that feeds your cells because what happens is if your cells are not repaired already and you've already damaged them from accidents or whatever it is, doesn't matter, virus or whatever, um, then there's absolutely no way that your body can get better. So mm -hmm. if you start doing, I mean, if I were you, I try, just try for four weeks, like plant-based diet. Try, just try it and see what happens. Yeah. 
just for just for fun, because mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I believe, and this is for me, uh, any illness that I had was gone when I started eating to live instead of eating whatever mm -hmm. it is. That sounds good. That sounds good. You know, that's a great point. You say, I mean, I'm not, I don't have a perfect diet, but my diet is more based on plants and, uh, you know, grains and, and things like that. doesn't mean I don't eat chicken. I mean, I'm not a meat eater. I'm not a fish eater. Yeah. So if anything, my main staple for protein is chicken or turkey. Uh, but that's not the basis of my meal. That's mm -hmm. usually, you know, they say you're going to have that. Maybe you have four ounces of the turkey or chicken and you surround that with whatever else, anything colorful, we usually yeah. say, you know. Right. And uh, I have, I'm, 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 I'm very weird in a lot of ways. I'm a very set person. I'm very regimented. And my breakfast, and my drives my son crazy. Oh, I, have, I, have, I, have, I have quinoa, mm. fresh blueberries and strawberries mm. usually, or some sort of berry. Quinoa, that's the grain, you know. I have to, and then I have walnuts with that, raisins, and cinnamon. That's that sounds good, actually, because well, the quinoa is protein, so that's good. Yeah, exactly, and, and also yeah, exactly. the and also the walnuts, and also it's low on the glycemic index, which is good, so it doesn't raise the blood sugar, and it also actually is very good. It's very good fuel for exercise. I'm gonna to have to get that recipe from you again when I when I uh, shop. I forgot to get quinoa today, but that's a good one. I like that a yeah. lot. And I, I boil up a big batch of it and I keep it in my refrigerator. I take out several spoonfuls, throw it in this, put it in the microwave, heat it up and throw all the other stuff in there. Five minutes, I got breakfast. Look right. at that. You're probably the only healthy comic I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't mean I don't have other vices, let me tell you. As I said, I'm very regimented. Then I, I have something I call my cyclonic tonic every day. I have, like one, of those I have one of those neutral bullets. Uh -huh. So after I exercise, what I, I have my I have my organic um, um, almond butter. Mm -hmm. And then I have several spoonfuls of that. Sometimes I put it on a pump nickel bagel just to get a little extra crunch and taste. Uh -huh. And then I have, as I said, my cyclonic tonic. And that usually is frozen papaya, frozen mm -hmm. mango, or combination of uh, um, peaches or pineapple with water. I use water and I use flaxseed with that. And I wow. spin it up and, you know, I make this huge vat of it and I have that after exercise. Well, so you're really, yeah. uh, really healthy. What Do you do any dairy? Uh, no, no, no. If I have an occasional, occasional slice of pizza, it's not yeah. that I'm against dairy. Yeah, well, I, I miss like the pizza. I miss the pizza. I ain't going to lie. I don't, I'm not really a dairy person to begin with. For example, tonight, my, my wife made fresh pesto mm. for dinner, pesto sauce, and we had yes. pasta. And we had mm -hmm. peas with it. So you got the pasta and the peas. You got the combination. So you got the protein source with that. Mm -hmm. And um, she made the pesto and she put some cheese in there, grated Parmesan cheese. But it's not like I'm having gallons of cheese. It just has an right. added flavor. Right. You know, I won't wake up in the morning and have a piece of Swiss cheese or American right. cheese or right. anything like that. Just, yeah, that's how I am. Yeah, good for you. you know. Well, that's good. You sounds like you, you're doing like all the due diligence. Uh, yeah, so and, I'm and the vitamins too are important. Uh, as I said, the vitamins are important too. Uh, you know, vitamin D especially. When I got yes. sick with the COVID, I was fortunate enough that my doctor is pretty progressive, but the local pharmacist in town is very progressive. He was having me take 200,000 milligrams of vitamin D a day. That much because he wanted me to build he wanted me to build up my vitamin D levels to almost 150. Uh, you know, and then he says he wants me to maintain around hundred after that. Yeah. Really? So uh yeah, so I'm all, I'm taking now about uh five to seven thousand milligrams or whatever you call whatever the whatever the units are 
of okay. vitamin D a day, plus magnesium, plus some other stuff. And, uh, well, yeah. you know that some Ds are not uh, as, as uh, how do I say, as efficient as the other ones. Like the ones you put yeah, on your yeah. tongue are much more efficient than the ones that we get in the jar usually. Right. Uh, so what I do is, yeah, what I do, I get these little capsules, and in the capsule it's a liquid vitamin D. I take mm -hmm. a pin and I... Oh. That's and I, I squeeze it into my water. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to do that. Crazy, but hey, you know, hey, you only got one body. You know, that's the thing. You got to take care of it. You know, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I lost, I lost my brother a couple of years ago. He was, he was only 75 years old to Aww. various diseases. I have another brother who has various diseases also. And so, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's scary. You know, you, you, know, you can't, you, you can pick your friends. You can't pick your parents. No. Uh, you know, I remember my father went into the Navy. He was 140 pounds. Wow. When he had a first heart attack, he was 220 pounds. Uh, you know, you know wow. and that's just because that that growing up in that era, you know, food was like you said, we live to eat. We, we don't eat, eat to live. You know, right. type of yeah. thing. And that's just the way it went. Yeah. You know, growing up in that environment, I was the youngest of three boys. Maybe I was the slowest one to get to the table. I don't know. I always was a picky <laughs> eater. You know. Right. I've always been relatively thin, but I always work at it too. I've been exercising for the longest time. I mean, I'm not—I don't lift heavy weights or anything like that. I'm not Charles Atlas, but I—I—I, I, I, you know, as I said, I—I I, I think I do the right thing. Common sense, you know. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, any advice you'd give to anyone else that's uh, that may be going through this, because uh, especially artists, because you're an artist, so you know, you're a comic, and that's. You know, it's been a blessing for you in the sense that now you know you can really focus on it when you can. It's like I don't think it's, it's not taking away anything, right? No, I, I was no, I was blessed that way. I did lose my appetite, but I never had a problem. A little bit of brain fog in the beginning, but right. that didn't that didn't sustain. The energy levels were always pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, so the key thing I hear, I, I feel, is that attitude. You know, mm -hmm. um, this disease is not just a physical disease; it's a mental disease too. Yes. Uh, I mentioned before, this disease wants you to crawl up in a ball, basically to give up. Yes. And I wasn't going to do that for many reasons. Uh, uh, but, you know, the comedy has helped a lot, too, because the comedy forces me to be sharp and write, you know, right. and perform and memorize. Right. You know? And again, I'm not saying I'm Jerry Seinfeld. I'm not Ray Romano, but I do what, I, what works for me. And again, if somebody's crazy enough to want to put me on a show and they like me, that's fantastic. And I seem to get invited back a lot. So that's a good thing. Yes. But either one, it keeps me fresh. It keeps me writing. And I've also helped working with other comedians, too, mm -hmm. that we have one-on-one -on -one writing. We can write together. Right. We have a comedy buddy system so we can feed yeah. off each other that way. I have a writing group, too, that I, that yeah. I work with. Yeah. And I'm also big on networking. I feel it's very important to network and also give back you know, yes. people as well. I think it's very yes. important. I, I also find, too, for uh, – I mean, I've been – I got into producing because I was tired of not seeing women, not seeing black women and not seeing older people uh, get put on or get put on headliner. So I just said, you know what, you guys, sometimes you got to, you don't ask to sit at the table, you make your own. And that's, I'm very big on that. I don't yeah. care if it's two people yeah. that come, uh, I'd rather have my own and not to be begging and crawling and asking, yeah. oh, can you put me on? No, I don't want to do that. So yeah. I'm committed to having more female headliners mm -hmm. this year, having this more year. people over 50. Um, and, um, and, uh, whoever, anybody yeah, else, exactly. OP, whoever. yeah, whoever, yeah. just something different because, uh, you know, uh, I just, I'm tired of, um, just not just seeing the same people on the same, you know, the same people and they never give other people a chance. Well, not only that, you get some people who are very stale when I say stale in the sense that they don't, they, they just do, they basically breathe the air. 
when you're on a show. Right. I've seen so many shows where these people are sitting back in their bed and they're they're like half committed to the stuff. You know, I, I find it a blessing in a lot of ways if somebody invites me to be on a show. I may not be the funniest guy in the world, but I'll right. give you every effort to be right. to make, the most make professional it. person. I'm not exactly. gonna be an idiot. I'll show up on time. Right. If you tell me I'm up first, I'm up last, I'm up sixth. You right. tell me it's three minutes set, ten minutes set, five minutes set. Okay, right. no problem. You're the boss. Yeah. You know, don't be a schmuck, basically. That's what right. I say. And that's yeah. the same thing in, in the live comedy, too. Yes. You know, I've seen so many people burn bridges because they get up there and they think they think that the next Jerry Seinfeld and the guy says, hey, I got to bump you to the back of the line. Oh, I'm not going to have a back of the line or whatever. You're only doing six minutes today. Oh, six minutes. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, no, no. Hey, be, be, be happy what you get. And if, you, if you're a good person, you do the right thing. People notice that, you know. I think and, so. And usually that that. that that's helped me branch out a lot too, you know. And as I said, network with people, and and I do the same for other people too, you know. Exactly. Else, but for me, I'll always recommend them for something else. Yes. Somebody asked I mean. me the other day. They said, Bruce, how do you get on so many of these shows? Well, first of all, I put myself out there. I mean, I'm no mark. I'm no marketing genius. I go on Facebook. Yeah. I go on other places. Who's producing shows? Hi, Tanya. How you doing? It's Bruce Lipsky right. here. You know, I'm a comedian. Blah blah blah. Um, I'd love to get on one of your shows. What's the right. process? Right. That's what we, yeah, that's how we met too. Yeah. Because yeah, another exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's not rocket science. It just means you, again, if you're a good person, do the right thing and you just show some aggressiveness, but not aggressiveness is a negative way. Aggressiveness is right. a positive way, you know? Yeah. Because I, yeah, I hate people that inbox you 5,000 times. That's annoying. It's like you already yeah, asked, yeah. okay, if I didn't get back to you, there must be a reason. Right, right, right. Uh, even if it is not a good one, it might be a reason. Uh, right. But, yeah, but yeah, yeah. you have to put yourself out there. You have to. I mean, nobody's yeah, going to yeah. know who you are. Nobody knows who we are. Right. You know. So and, I. And, and there are sacrifices too. You know, I I've been on on Australian mic at four in the morning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's not oh, something right. I would do on a regular basis. But so, or I've been on a, on a mic from LA that ended at one o'clock in the morning. Uh, I was doing you know, Seattle, so, London. Oh, there you uh, go. Yeah. 2 a.m. in the morning. It was like, what? Oh, yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Put the alarm yeah. clock and get on. That's, but <laughs> I understand. Yeah, yeah. But this is yeah. the way things are now, so, yeah. And, it is, but, you know, I, I love I love the international shows. Ralph Ganji is the first one that I knew started international uh, shows, um, and I just love them because they just yeah. – uh, you know, it brings people together. I get to see somebody in Nairobi, somebody in China, somebody in, you know, wherever, Thailand. Um, sure. I don't know. He's got them, India. He's got them from all over, you know, New oh, York. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I like that. I like that. Right. I think that we are teaching people how to uh, laugh together. Right. You, know? I don't know. you can see the different styles and brands of comedy when you when you see people from the UK, Scotland, yes. Uh, uh, India, uh, uh, China, uh, you know, you can go on and on and on. You can, Canada, you know, it doesn't really matter where. And then you get to know these people and, you know, maybe in the grand scheme of things, I mean, I, I mean, again, everybody can say this. Uh, if we ever get to, if I ever get to the UK, mm -hmm. I have very, I have a lot of people say, I'll put you on stage in real shows. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you do the same thing, Canada or wherever it may be. Get out to California, get out to Colorado, come down to Texas. Yep. You know, we'll, get, we'll get you on the stages here, in Las yeah. Vegas, uh, all because of this, this venue of Zoom or StreamYard or whatever it may be. Yeah. It allows me or Tanya to say, hey, I've met people. And I, I remember one time I did a show, uh, 
of Zoom show from Los Angeles, and there was a producer on the show, a, a woman on the show, and uh, after the show, she she DM'd and he said, Bruce, how would you like to do one of my Zoom shows out of Colorado? I love what you had, love your style, whatever it is. And so I did a few shows for her coming out of Colorado, and they're very well-produced well, well shows, mm -hmm. and that just brings board into other things. I've done variety shows where I was like one of the few comics among people who were doing prose, were doing, uh, were doing music, or, mm -hmm. or they're doing something else, poetry, or just commentary, right. and it was great, and I got invited back, and they had theme shows. It was a, Let's say we had a Halloween show. We had a... a um, a um, St. Patty's Day show or a whatever it is, St. Valentine's Day show. And it made me write specific specific jokes or sets for that. So it actually broadened my horizon in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. so now I have a Valentine's Day set. I have I have some other sets, you know, so, you know. Nice. Yeah, no, I love, I love uh, all the uh, the Zoom is just amazing. I hope they come up with even more uh, ideas for Zoom and make it even better. Um, so they think be like StreamYard. So, you know, be your competitor. Uh, but um, uh, hi out there. So, guys, so what we're going to do is we're going to check out a clip of let me see if I can get to the clip of um, Bruce's um, comedy. Uh, hey, Emma. Hey, Anthony. Hey, Lanta. Hey, Grandma Norma. I see you guys out there. Everybody out there. Yeah. Um, for watching yep i see who's over here um hey good evening good evening and good evening to you too uh so we're gonna check out um bruce's comedy let's see if i can get this clip right uh -huh. all right everybody knows uh that i am not a techie but uh -huh. I'm today i'm going to try to see if this is from 1921 excuse me <laughs> what oh from this is yeah this is uh i want to say is a year old is that right bruce uh, uh, could be could be yeah all right ready let's see boom Welcome, Mr. Bruce Lipsky. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mind the game, folks. Uh, I'm just using it to set my lawsuits. <laughs> um, being bald has actually helped my marriage. Uh, my wife spends a lot of time in the garden. And uh, the fact that I've lost my hair, she decided to say, hey, you know, if I water you regularly, <laughs> I set you out in the sun, we can do major things for you. So she has a pet name for me now. She calls me Chia. <laughs> <laughs> my wife just hired a new cleaning lady. This woman refuses to clean the whole house. I told my wife, I hate this woman. What she does, she comes in late, she eats all our food. I finally told my wife, this is not working out. You gotta fire your mother. <laughs> my wife is into this fitness stuff, but she takes goat yoga. I'm not kidding. What she does is she goes to the studio, she lays on the mat, the goats roam around, they jump on your back and lick your ear. I said, sure, you'll pay a goat to do that. <laughs> she said, well, he's got great technique. <laughs> and better breath. Oh. She fooled me. She clearly took me to a yoga class. She dragged me there. I was so embarrassed when I got there. I had the only mat that read, please wipe your feet before entering. <laughs> and it also 
also fooled you, it was a hot yoga class. Imagine 40 people shoved into a room the size of a walk-in closet, 150 degrees. At one point while doing my downward dog, I looked in the mirror and I said, God, please tell me that was not a ghost tongue. <laughs> and my wife's spending is totally out of control. She just came home with a new dog. She called it a designer dog. It's a cross between a bulldog and a shih tzu. I said, how much money did you spend on this dog? She said, I only spent $3,000. I said, that's a lot of bullshit, Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> and this dog is driving me crazy. At night, all it does is snore and fart. My wife said, I thought it was you. <laughs> and with my luck, I got the only dog with restless leg syndrome. I haven't slept in three weeks, constantly getting kicked and jabbed. My wife said, don't blame the dog, that was me. <laughs> And now my wife, something new, she decided to knit a cashmere sweater for the dog. I said, why are you making custom clothes for the dog while I buy off the rack of coals? She said, well, you're not a designer dog. <laughs> I got a call from my 87-year-old dad the other day. He said, Rose, guess what? A new comedy club just opened up in my neighborhood. I said, that's fantastic, Dad. What's it called? He said, stand up, MRI. <laughs> I said, Dad, can you tell me anything else about it? He said, I don't think they close. I said, what do you mean? He said, there's a sign that says, open MRI. <laughs> I said, also, did you think they accept hip? He said, yeah, they probably accept all forms of medicine, and my medicine body parts, excuse me. <laughs> I took my parents to Friendly's for breakfast, and uh, my mother right away started an argument with the manager. She said, how come you no longer have coffee served in those nice brown mugs? The manager said, we stopped doing it because they kept on disappearing. She said, oh, that's too bad. I only needed one more to complete my set. <laughs> and now that they've gotten kicked out of friendlies, restaurants are starting to rate them on Yelp. My mother called me and said, Bruce, guess what? We just got one and a half stars from Denny's. Isn't that fantastic? I said, no, Mom, four or five stars are fantastic. She said, well, I guess I'll have to go back two more times. <laughs> Since it's a tr uh, trouble taking these people to restaurants, I took her to my favorite restaurant. We're sitting there, the mother starts eating, suddenly she slams a fork down and said, this is the worst Greek salad I've ever eaten. I said, Mom, we're in a Chinese restaurant. Decided <laughs> to go back to their house. Made a mistake. I opened up the refrigerator. Oh my God! Ma, the top shelf looks like a, a breeding ground for bacteria. I said, your gray poupon is actually gray. <laughs> <laughs> and how old is this meatloaf? She said, that's salmon. <laughs> <laughs> and Dad, this juice expired 2014. You can't drink this. I don't believe in expiration dates. The government's in cahoots with big business. I said, that's not a bunch of malarkey, Dad. Big business is Exxon. 
There's no conspiracy going on at the Coloma Valley Fruit Juice Company. <laughs> and I decided to hire a cleaning lady for my parents because that house was disgusting. The trouble is, is that my mother cooks dinner for the person who comes to clean the house. I said, Ma, you don't have to cook for the help. She said, well, your mother-in-law really likes my meatloaf. <laughs> That's my time, folks. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, wait, I gotta go back to stop sharing. There we go. Thank you very much. That was Bruce Blitzky. Thank you. Awesome. I really appreciate that. Uh, great stuff you had there. Um, what's that? Where was that comedy club at? That was Gateway Comedy Club. That was out in Ronkonkoma. Uh, oh, it was Ronkonkoma, part of, Long Island, was also, right? was, Yeah, way out in Long Island. It was actually part of the Clarion Hotel. They had oh. a room out there. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow, yeah. good for you. That was good to get that kind of gig in three years. Woo, that's good. Good yeah. deal. Yeah. Um, what do you call it? Uh, so what? How have you been traveling much um, since you started? You said three years ago, correct? Yeah, yeah. Too. I like, I've only been doing New York City, Long Island, uh, occasionally New Jersey. Wow, um, that's but uh, I'd be happy to somebody, as I said, crazy enough to put me on a stage somewhere else and I can <laughs> fit it into the schedule. You know, you got to have a balancing act, too, because I do have a family. I have a wife, obviously. Right. And sometimes my wife looks at me and says, you know, you know, you're working hard with this. Don't ask for it. You may get it. You know, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? That's and she's true. Di she, she's dying for me to get something in the UK because she, she used to travel for business when she used to work and she used to go to the UK a lot. So she has a lot of friends that. out there. I just so, came back from there. Yeah. Yeah. Love it's it. a Love great it. place. Great place. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, so may may work out. As I said, I, I'm, I'm doing a show, uh, a live show at the end of this month back in New Jersey at a restaurant. It's the third time we're going there. Got invited back, which is great. Nice. Uh, about well, two weeks ago, I had four live gigs. The uh, thing is, I canceled out on a bunch of them only because of the COVID situation. Yeah, the Broadway Comedy Club on a Friday night. That show actually got canceled, you know. Yep. And then the following Monday, I was supposed to be at Greenwich Village. I backed out on that one. Okay. Then there was a library show I backed out of. But I did do one library show in my local town over here. Okay. Um, it was fun. But the thing is, I love, love doing it. It's just a question of, you know, how, how comfortable do we feel uh, about yeah, it's a lot of stuff i heard a lot of comics down the city got this they're they're passing it around so i was like right. I'm good. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah. exactly I'm and good. and again i'm not a headliner i'm not a star in a sense of you know getting booked on major shows so sometimes i'll get booked for a monday night at greenwich village at 7 30 mm -hmm. which is an honor and i appreciate that you know uh but mm -hmm. let's face it you're not going to wind up with you know 150 people there you know, right, so right. Well, I take whatever it is because my feeling is, is that, you know, whether it's five people in a room or 500 people in a room, I'm going to mm -hmm. give the same effort. That's right. You know? and I think that's, that's important. It. You know, I never once will mail it in. You know, it's, it, it, and I don't know how much time we have, but the reason I got into comedy, one of the reasons I got into comedy, I mean, I always loved comedy. I used to go to Danger Fields. My family had this sarcastic sense of humor, but, mm -hmm. um, friend of mine used to run a, a foundation and do once a year do a, a, a benefit show so and during the benefit show she would hire comedians oh and one year she hired a relatively famous national touring comedian which mm -hmm. of course i won't say the name and i was fortunate enough to have this person sit next to me at dinner okay and so I was going back and forth, tapping this person's brains and everything. It just it flowed really well. He gave me his number, blah, blah, blah. He right. went out, amazing job. People loved mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. Next year, he got invited back. 
And guess what? He sat next to me again. Really? But I sensed, I sensed something wasn't right with him this time. Mm. There just wasn't the energy flow, whatever it was. He got on stage and did 20 minutes and got off the stage. Mm. Wow. And I, I, he sat down next to me and said, boy, it's a tough crowd today. Mm. And I, I got angry. I really got angry. And I said, God, this guy had the opportunity and he was getting a lot of money for this. I know because my friend, she told me what she was paying him. Right. And, you know, again, jokes may not be the funniest all the time. We all right. know that. Not everybody's going to laugh at everything. Right. But the attitude was not there. Mm-hmm. And I vowed if I ever get the opportunity, my attitude will be there. And hopefully the jokes will follow with it. Because you can right. tell when somebody gets on stage and they don't have the confidence in their material. Or just don't. There's something missing. There's right. no energy flowing. And there's no. Uh, you're an animated person, so you're, you're very emotive. So for you to stand on stage and not move, Something yeah. must be more Tanya. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Right. Me, me not talking fast. There must be something wrong. Okay. Right. right. So, so it's the same thing. So I said, you know, if I ever get the opportunity, as I said, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go for it. So I took a class. I took stand-up university. Mm-hmm. Fabulous comedians: Rich Walker, Peter Bales, and uh, and uh, and uh, Steve Lazarus. Okay. Fabulous comedians out in Long Island. I had never been on stage before. I didn't know how to write a joke or anything. I can tell really? jokes. You know, you can. I can tell jokes like I can. Well, how did you get into it then? How did you like? What made you like? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this because I felt that a couple of things. One is that I saw what this what happened with this person, and it made me angry because I always liked comedy. I used to go. Oh, so you hadn't been doing it yet? No, not at all. Oh, okay. I thought you were honest. Okay. No, no, no. I vowed also with my injury if I can stand up, as I said, I wanted to stand up. So I took the class, and I really loved it. Again, my first, like everybody's first, it wasn't the best in the world, but I worked really hard right. at it. And I, and I felt that I progressed tremendously and just I try to be out there as much as possible. Right. But again, given the fact that I'm, I'm an older comedian, you know, I'm, I'll be 66 this month. I'm not old in the sense of age-wise old, but the fact that, you know, compared to a lot of these young kids, they kept on saying, Bruce, you know, if you really want to make it, you got to go to the city, go to these open mics at 10, 11, 12, 1 o'clock at night in the village and uptown, downtown. Right. And said, that's not happening. No, you know? not for me either. I'm not doing all that. <laughs> exactly. But I tried some of those. I actually tried a couple of them. I remember being on Broadway Comedy Club, 1030 at night at a mic. And I, I was saying to myself, what am I doing here? You know, I, yeah, I didn't in. like I didn't like that whole scene. I just was like, Ugh, I'm done. Right. Well, first right. of all, for me, as an African-American woman, I was like 30 guys and I'm the only black person, much less black girl, much less a girl. Exactly. So I was like, this exactly. is so lame. I'm not hearing anything. Exactly. And what do you think I felt? I, I was like, I, I should have been the guy cleaning up. I was the guy that got dropped off at the bus from the old age home and, and lost his way and wound up in this club somehow, you know, 1030 at night, you know. And these, these guys were like 20 year old kids and half. Of them were drunk or high, yeah. and, they, and they weren't paying. Well, they have a two drink minimum. Yeah, exactly. They came before. They had a two drink minimum before going into the club. These people, exactly. Yeah. And so, but anyway, I, I, I held my ground, and I just I said, I'm going here for a purpose. Uh-huh. I like to use the word healthfully selfish. That's one of my favorite words, you know, healthfully selfish. I'm doing these things for my benefit, not necessarily their benefit. Right. And I came here with a purpose. I mean, I want to have everybody to benefit from this. Course, but, but you know, the idea is that, you know, I'm going to give it my role as much as possible. That's but the it. idea, they, 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 they couldn't care less about me when I was up there. And I said, you know, I felt out of place. And I've taken some of those seminars also. And I asked a, a very famous booker, right. um, one of the big clubs, and I said to him, I said, so-and-so, you know, Let's face it, I'm brand new to comedy. 
how does the guy 60 something years old break into comedy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like a dinosaur compared to a lot of dinosaur. Yeah, so he said to me, you know, if you're funny, you're funny, mm-hmm. you know, but the thing is a lot of my humor tends to be the fact I'm getting older, I'm a family guy and so on and so forth. So my biggest struggle in comedy is being relevant. Right. How can I be relevant to every population? And that's difficult, you know. And that's very difficult. That's a that's very uh, a comic always has to ask themselves that question when we get in front of an audience. Right, right, right. And you don't know your audience. I mean, I can hit them with some getting old jokes, but how much can you hit them with that? You know, yeah. so I'm not going to maybe talk about my son or talk about my boss or talk about what's going on in the real world. Yeah. You know, the millennials. You know, I they're the millennials. I can I I I labeled myself the perennials. We're <laughs> the perennials, you know, and so I try to do. Comparison between the millennials and the perennials. Right. So, but yeah, I don't even compare myself to the young people anymore. They're on their own, uh, their own uh, rocket ride, and I'm gonna let them ride it right on out to the moon. Exactly. <laughs> I'm the not going, dollars, I'm yeah. going to the stars. So it's right, okay. right, right. You, know? you got to be committed to your material. So whatever you're talking about, getting old or relationships, or whatever it may be, most of the That's people it. had a parent or or had experience with work or school, whatever it may be. You know, I often tell this story about my high school days. And uh, and uh, a, lot of, a lot of people don't believe me uh, when I say this is that when I, I went to a public high school, Bayside High School in New York City back in the early 70s, mm-hmm. and in order to pass gym, we had to take swim class. But our swim class was a naked swim class. And as soon as I say that, people think I'm, I'm shoveling crap, you know, but it's a true story. I literally had to take a naked swim class Well, my birthday suit was my bathing suit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I, I built a routine around that. And again, how do you, again, true life stories, how do you make it relevant to people now? Mm-hmm. And so they actually buy your story. You right. Know? right. I kind of end job. the story by saying, exactly, that's our job. I kind of end the story by saying nowadays, you know, no suit would equal lawsuit. <laughs> and I, I, I didn't realize that I'm actually doing the pilot for that show, Naked and Afraid. And believe me, I was naked and very afraid. You know, imagine being 14, imagine being, imagine being 14 or 13 years old, having to do four skinny dipping among all your classmates. You know, back then I barely even had eyebrows. You know? yeah. So, yeah. So again, trying to well, have this whole story there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. I, it's all, it's all relevant. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I love being a comic because our job is observ- observation. That's really our job uh, at the end of the day. Um, but thank you so much. I need to go to a sketch city. So um, okay. we're going to be right back, guys. Uh, check out this new uh, sketch city. Oh, uh, hello. You're Justin Bieber. Nice to meet you. Uh, what a pleasure. Mm-hmm. My granddaughter, Haley, has told me all about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin. Uh, oh, would I like some soda pop? Um, no, I wouldn't, but you can get my my granddaughter here, Haley, some soda pop if you like. <laughs> I'd like champagne, please. <laughs> yes, that, that's what I drink, champagne. Yes. Um, oh, how was the concert? Oh, it was quite interesting, Justin. Very, very interesting. <laughs> no Cole Porter, no Bach, but you know, <laughs> you young people. <laughs> yes, you're so modern. <laughs> You see, I like everything in the 1940s, Justin. That's just me. Now, one little suggestion for me to you is I would dress up if I were you. Yes, I would dress up, dear, because of those jeans and that 
little jean jacket so that's not really that's not really fancy to go at your concert so that's the only advice i'd have for you justin but um Haley, is the car here yet um yes i have a, a car waiting for me justin i must really go now but it's been a pleasure a pleasure meeting you and uh, oh let me shake your hand yeah yeah oh justin you're fabulous you take care of yourself now and dress up a little bit just a little bit bye So, Bond, I don't know how to tell you this, but apparently, you have a VD? <laughs> no, thanks. You're a nosy little chap, aren't you? How did you know I had Vanessa Duvereau? This Vanessa, where did you meet her, Bond? I thought all your women were tall, blonde, beautiful, and clean. Who was you at the last? Whatever it was, she gave you a nasty day. Well, last week in Monaco, I dined with uh, Samantha, Tanya, Vanessa, Sophia, oh, Sophia, and Daphne. Yes, indeed, Daphne. And then there was Bond. You have got to slow it down a bit before your packer falls off. You have a VD. I'm giving you some pills and a shot in the bum. Hold on, hold on. Did you, did you say VD? Disease? Dr. X, now you're making me uncomfortable, uncomfortable chat. Hey, what's up? You are watching On the Town. I'm your host, Tanya. In takeaway news, uh, we're checking out the earnings here that's going on. So it's an earnings watch type of thing. How much is Big Pharma making from COVID-19 vaccines? We're going to find out. Let's see. First of all, <clears throat> the U.S. pharmaceutical companies are expected to collect more revenue from COVID-19 vaccines in the third quarter than they did in the entire first half of the year. And that money should continue to keep growing. On the first half of the year, Pfizer and Moderna reported a collective sales of $17.2 billion for their vaccines. Hmm. Follow the money. But both are expected to report higher third quarter earnings, uh, excuse me, report higher third quarter totals in the coming week. Uh, and that's, uh, let's say, a couple of week or two, let's say. Uh, and that's a collective $18 billion, folks. Yes, you heard it right, $18 billion. Johnson & Johnson reported a little more than a week ago, uh, more than $500 million in third quarter sales. Ooh, we are talking lots of money. Oh, it pays. Uh, nearly double that, the $264 million it collected on the first half. Pfizer collected revenue for $11.3 billion in the first half of the year from its COVID-19 vaccines. Now, it's now it's known as, uh, I hope I say this right, Carminati, and analysts project third quarter sales of $11.86 billion. That's right, you heard it right. Those numbers could be a bit high. However, as some of the sales 
get pushed into the fourth quarter when booster shots, which are now happening, and the newly authorized vaccine for your children begin landing in those arms. So go figure. Somebody's getting very, very rich, very, very rich, while the American people uh, get very, very poor, except for the 1%, uh, because no one's mentioned that there's no more jobs. Where, where are the jobs? Excuse me. There are jobs. I take that back. There are jobs if you want to take a risk. How about that? <laughs> so there's a, there's a catch to it. You got to do what they say to do to get the job. So there are jobs. Um, but also uh, in health and science, Fauci says that the U.S. should consider vaccine mandate for domestic air travel, but he doesn't expect it for now. Yeah, I don't expect it either, Fauci, because I'll tell you why. Ain't nobody going to be flying because <laughs> you think <coughs> if uh, if people are getting <coughs> infections that are vaccinated, right? Whatever they call those infections, if they're getting infections, who's going to be flying? I'm just saying, you guys, airlines, you might want to think about that. It's going to jack you up. I'm telling you, that's my prediction as a psychic. That's my prediction. It will jack you up if you make the vaccine passport. So do not make it because it's going to hurt everybody's business. Their business is already hurt. But now, you know, got people going out, fl flying all over the world uh, that are doing it. And uh, luckily for us, Americans, we can fly out uh, without being jabbed. Uh, we just have to have tests. And I will tell you this, you pay for them tests. I spent $1,500 for testing uh, when we went to, um, to the UK. So I'm just saying for two people, you can spend a lot on testing. It's ridiculous uh, at this point. Uh, so they're making money. But anyway, in an interview Monday on MSNBC uh, Morning Joe, Dr. Fauci said a vaccine mandate for domestic air travel is worth considering. Fauci, please. Uh, as of now, international travelers must show proof of vaccination and a negative COVID test in order to board a U.S. bound flight and also wear a mask. Now, that's what all my friends in England are like, oh my God, how'd you, how'd you get that? How, don't you need a vaccine? And it's like, no, you do not need a vaccine yet, thank God, because if you do, I won't be flying ever again. It will never happen. Uh, I will be swimming the lake or the ocean uh, or something, anything but that I will not be flying because it's not worth it for me. Anyway, but everybody's different. Uh, but Americans can go visit, thank God, internationally with just proof of test, because uh, that's a lot of money. Airlines already canceling flights from breakthrough infected sick staff. Imagine less flying if they enforce the passport, because I know people that work at the airlines and they told me who's out. And it's mostly the people that were vaccinated that are getting those breakthrough infections, they're the ones out. So the people that are in sometimes are the people who are not even vaxxed, but are never sick. I'm just saying. Uh, anyway, I also suggest the amount of money you have to spend to go to UK and Europe on testing, use the money for the kids' college or open a business instead because it's expensive. So unless you got something to really go there for, including family, be like, hey, boo-boo, we're going to be Zooming from now on. That's it. Uh, anyway, but it's up to you. Uh, later on, later on, uh, on Monday, Pachi said he didn't think the mandate would be imposed anytime soon. That's because you know we're not stupid. That's why. Uh, anyway, I'm Tanya signing out with the news. We will see you soon. All right. I'm
are back. Uh, thank you very much. We are back. We are back. Can you hear me? Um, yes, thank you so much for watching that. Uh, we're trying to give you more, give you more. So uh, thank Bruce, it's been a pleasure having you. Um, and is there anything coming up that we need to know about um, that you're going to be doing? Uh, let's see. I have a, a Zoom show this Friday night, Danny Deshi uh, oh, from California. I have Jerry Everett Hodges on Sunday. I have his show on, on, on No Line to Cross. And then I have a, a few other shows coming up. And I have a live show on the 25th right now. So I have about six Zoom shows and uh, another live show. And uh, anybody else who wants to book me? You know? yeah. Where can people find you on your handles, Instagram and all that? I put okay. your name up. Okay, Bruce Lipsky Comedy. Bruce. Uh, Lipsky Comedy on Facebook. I also have Bruce Comedy on Facebook. And I have my website, brucecomedy.com. Uh, www.brucecomedy.com. And you can find all my stuff on there. Uh, past shows, future shows. I haven't updated my website yet for January. I'm planning to do that tonight or tomorrow. So any other new shows coming up there will be on there. And a lot of times I don't have the links to the day of the show. So um, sometimes the link may not be active, but mm -hmm. keep checking. And of course, go to my Facebook page. I'm usually posting there some of my posters too. I, uh, so um, this has been great. Thank you. This has been awesome. I really appreciate you coming and taking the time. Uh, so guys, that's uh, comedian Bruce Lipsky, who's been with us today. Um, and to my, all my viewers out there, let me see who's out here. Um, Kathy, I see, I see some of you. Kathy, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate that. And thank you, Emma, uh, Anthony, and I thought I saw somebody else. Uh, Lynn, uh, Letha, uh, Letha, thank you. And Norma, 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 thank you. Uh, what's up? And I don't know who that is. I can't see the other person. Sorry. Uh, but whoever you are out there, thank you so much for thank watching. You. I appreciate you. Bruce, appreciate you. And you can check out Bruce Lipsky on any of his uh, social media handles, especially Facebook. Uh, and you can check on the town with Tanya out on, go to our page on the, our YouTube page, please go like and subscribe and share. Why not? I mean, why not? Uh, we'll try to bring you more content as the new year comes in. Uh, we appreciate you. And um, you know what? I think that everybody should have, all artists should be able to be seen and be heard. That's what on the town's about. I started this show 25 years ago in Brooklyn um, on uh, what's it called? BCAT TV. Uh, and, um, and it was a commitment to having new artists who will never have their music video played or whatever. And then I just said, you know what, we'll do the interviews with it. And it became something else. So one day I'm hoping to make it even bigger. But for now, I appreciate you guys rocking with us. And, um, you know, I just believe that real people should be able to do real things and it shouldn't have to be edited and pretty and perfect and, you know, all packaged up really nicely. If we can do it, great. If you can't still do whatever your dream is, don't let anybody stop you. And don't let them tell you you can't do it because it's not this way, period. That's it. So thank you very much. Uh, and until next time, I hope I will see you all on next Sunday. And I thank you so much for watching. Hang out with me, Bruce. Thank you. Bye. I will. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate Bye. it.